How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about. Basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Friday. What's up and welcome in a football Friday. One last ride on 106.7 The Fan. As we get you set for the Commanders and the Cowboys. Just the way it was always supposed to be. Ending the season at FedEx Field. Would have been nicer. Would have been nice. If there was something on the line. Could have been better if they had clinched or were a win away from the playoffs. But alas, here we are. You get to see Sam Howell. There is a lot to discuss today. The national championship game in college football between TCU and Georgia is set for Monday night. Danny Cannell is going to join us at 3 There are very few analysts in college football that have his knowledge and insight and energy. He will be great on our show in one hour. And Nick Dowd back on the show today. Normally, we catch up with him earlier in the week. He was busy helping deliver his baby. No big deal. Just had to miss one while the boys put up six. I think that's worthy of a (laughs) clap. Yeah, it is. Nick Dowd, father of two. Congratulations to Ruby Dowd. The brand new baby girl who has been born into the Dowd family. Very, very cool. So we will talk to Nick coming up in just a little bit on 106.7 The Fan when he joins us tonight at 610, about four hours from right now. First, a couple of different things I want I want to note. Uh, happy anniversary, honey. That's right. That's right. Biggest a- occasion in uh, history. As far I would as say. for us, yeah, on one zero six seven, the fan. I mean, if you're talking about events in DC, yeah, January sixth, yeah. this was the biggest event in you know sort of DC and kind of the 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 zeitgeist and what we're all used to. But 2014, you and I got together nine years ago nine today. Years. So is this our eighth anniversary or is it our ninth anniversary? Because we've done it for nine years, but this is this would be the ninth anniversary. We're celebrating our eighth. No, I don't we know. start January sixth, 2014. Yeah. Our first ever show together. Mm-hmm. Now it's 2023. That's nine years later. So that's our ninth anniversary. That's right. Anyway, and uh, shout out to Dan Steinberg, who was like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. I don't I don't see it. But anyway, uh, we're still here. And <laughs> You'll uh, never not be salty about that. I will always bring it up. <laughs> anyway, and then, t- and then like until it's over, and then he's like, I told you. Uh, we're going to go anywhere. I knew it. I was right all along. <laughs> anyway, I should stop writing. You know? But, so that's always cool. Uh, secondly, I just I thought about this, you know, as Nick Dowd is scoring goals now, most prolific goal scorer ever, uh, being slightly hyperbolic, just casually as a kid, you join the Grant and Danny show as a guest. Yeah. What happens? You win Cy Youngs, you add to your family, you score goals. Note to teams out there. Are you claiming victory on him and his wife having a baby? Listen, you can't tell me there's no correlation. Mm. Different. Here are the events that happened. You tell me. 
Weekly guest on the Grant and Danny Show. Mm-hmm. Welcomes a beautiful baby girl into the world. True. You tell me. Do the math on it. I stand correct. See what I'm saying, right? Now it makes sense. I do see where you're coming from. And you set, you're sending the guy emojis. You, you contributed. Pie emojis. Yep. The Caps are on absolute fire. They are a blast to watch. They continue to be the greatest show in town. They continue to be the gift as a D.C. sports fan that keeps you afloat amid all the other turmoil. 12-1-2 and two over the last 15. I mean, it's impossible to be a Nats fan right now. It just is. Yeah. What the, what's happening right now with this ownership group and their inability to spend money is, frankly, not okay. I mean, it, it, this is an awful time to be a Nats fan. You should all be livid. If you aren't livid, you should be. If you're a season ticket holder, you should be beside yourself. Uh, it's just a joke what's going on with the Nationals right now. The Capitals, though, ladies and gentlemen, a product worthy of your time and your admiration and your money. They continue to compete and to win and to elongate this window. And still, Alex Ovechkin, who's 37 after another goal last night on pace for 57 goals, is one of the the, the world's greatest showmen. From a sports standpoint, there are just few guys that give you more when you pay to go see them play a sport than Alex Ovechkin. Last night I get home, you know, after after our show, and it's basically right at puck drop, right? So it's one nothing. Caps are down, and now I'm doing stuff with the kids. You know, we're getting one in the bath, and one we're finishing up dinner. We got a little homework to do. By the time I sit back down to watch the the next phase of the game, it's four to one because the second period, their second periods are absurd. I don't know what I don't know what Laviolette says in, in the first intermission. Maybe you could sometimes say that before the game starts. I don't know what magic words he's got. I don't know if there's a spell. I don't know if like the orange slices are so good. What Gatorade flavor they got? But those boys. When they come out for that second intermission, they are gangbusters. They are smacking people around, and they score goals at will. I want to read a tweet from John Walton today, the the radio play-by-play voice of the Capitals, whose work you can hear on 106.7 The Fan each game, including last night. 34 days ago, on December 3rd, the Capitals trailed the Devils by 17 points in the Metro Division. After a 12-1-2 run since then, the Caps can now pass the Devils in points with a win tonight over Nashville as they get back on the ice for the back end of a back-to-back. By the way, Nick Dowd has told us that he will play tonight. So he's going to get himself a little nap. He's nice. going to talk to us. He's going to get on the ice. But he will be in action 7 o'clock, Cap 1 Arena, as the boys hunt for a 23rd win of the season in Game 42. Last night was the official midway point of their year in Game 41. So congrats to them on staying hot, to OV on another goal. I want to begin the show, though, Danny, with the NFL changing course here on its playoff permutations and its seating and its, frankly, rules. Because there was a rule in place for if a game got PPD'd or canceled and wasn't able to be made up. And tragically, we arrived at that destination when DeMar Hamlin went down and the game was halted. By the way, the update today, again, is incredible on DeMar Hamlin. So what an awesome last 48 hours this has been. So cool. In regard to his fight for his life. He talked to his team on FaceTime today. It's real. I mean, I guess anything could happen, but he is not only going to survive and pull through. He's now having conversations and moving his limbs. I mean, this looks really, really good. It's amazing. Yeah, so that, That's the most important first thing. But as we get back to football on this little football show and sports show that we do, NFL owners... Today had to vote on a new plan, and they approved it. 
which opens the possibility, Danny, for a neutral site AFC championship game. It would also mean, possibly, that a coin flip has to take place to determine where a playoff game between the Ravens and the Bengals would be played in a 3-6 matchup. So this is super complicated. I could read all the specifics, and there are hundreds of words. I'm going to sum it up as succinctly as I can, and I think this is about 99% of what you need to know. Mm -hmm. If the Bills or the Bengals, both the teams that didn't get to play a 17th game because of what happened on Monday night, end up in the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs, and only against the Chiefs, the AFC title game will be a neutral site playoff game. Make sense? Yes. Bills, Bengals playing the Chiefs in any version of that matchup with those three teams is going to result in an AFC title game being played at a neutral site for the first time ever. The other part of this rule change today that the owners agreed upon, and it took 24 out of 32 of the owners saying yes to this, and I know that the Bengals ownership last night was sending around a document to all owners pleading with them not to say yes to this proposal. The Ravens and the Bengals play this weekend on Sunday. If the Bengals win, we're fine. There's nothing to do. No problem. Bengals win the division. They host the Ravens. But if Baltimore, not starting Lamar Jackson, playing his backup again this week, Huntley's getting another start, gets a win over Cincinnati, then we have a coin flip to determine which of the two teams gets to host the 3-6 matchup. Because of they the become match. the division winner, then exactly. Essentially, if the if the Ravens win, they're eleven and six, and the Bengals are eleven and five. And so you can say, well, if Cincinnati would have lost to the Bills, they'd have been eleven and six, and Baltimore would have won both games against the Bengals, meaning they would have been the de facto division champions. The game would be in Baltimore, since he would travel to them. But you can't also assume that the Bengals would have beaten the Bills, who are really really good. So what do you do? And the NFL's best idea they came up with was just to have a coin toss to determine that, again, only if the Ravens beat the Bengals this weekend. I've got thoughts on this, but let's hear yours first. Yeah, so this is obviously not ideal. Everyone knows, right? We've got our proper perspective here, okay? the We, we know that this isn't because everything's okay. This is what they always put in contracts and insurance policies and everything else called the force majeure. We tend to think of it as a hurricane, a snowstorm, uh, you know, a, a tidal wave, an earthquake, whatever. Well, this was a completely unique, stunning, you know, world-stopping human event, right? Where, you know, and, and we've already kind of given the update on, on, on DeMar Hamlin. That's obviously the most important thing. So you're going to have one less game played by the Bengals and the Bills. There was never going to be a perfect solution to this. There was never going to be someone where nobody would, where everybody would come to the table and go, oh, that's perfect. We're not aggrieved at all. There was always going to be somebody that got slighted here. Okay. So there, there's a legitimate gripe if you're Baltimore, especially if you beat Cincinnati twice, to go, hey, wait a minute. What about us? You're telling me that this Bengals team was going on the road playing the best team in the NFL, probably, if not number one, number two maybe as worse, as bad as number three on some people's boards, but they're pretty damn good, especially up there, and we beat them twice and we got no shot at the division? That doesn't seem right. So I understand that gripe. If you're Cincinnati, you're going, we got a better winning percentage than these guys. Why are we doing this? What's what's the point of all this? If you're the Bills, you just got, you know, you, you woke up this morning and you go, well, we're no longer 
the top seed in, in the AFC. We got no shot at it now. Like, what the hell, what the hell did that happen? We got it. We worked so hard. We're great. We, we can't have a home AFC title game. So there, there was never going to be a perfect solution here. I like that they're trying, and I don't know how much better they really made it. I don't know if anything is solved. I don't know if this is one of those, let's wrap it up in a nice little bow and, and hand it out, and we all feel great about our gift bags. But it feels like they were trying to be as considerate as they could be with all the permutations. Which I think is maybe fair. However, my argument is that they should have just stuck with the actual rules on the books. Because while no one has ever planned for a possible death on the field Mm -hmm. or the tragedy that took place with DeMar Hamlin, and thank God for the Bills and the Bengals staffs for reviving and saving him. And now it looks like not only is he going to live, but hopefully he's going to be able to have a fully functional life at some point in the future, and hopefully the really near future. All that's great. But there is a plan on the books for if a team can't play a game, what do we do? And the policy in place, the rules state, mm-hmm. we just move forward with winning percentages. That That's what is said to be on the books in this situation. Now, I understand that they're trying to appease and appeal to as many organizations as possible because of how we got here. Yep. I think probably when they wrote the rule book, they didn't think that a player would have to be ambulanced out of a stadium and a game would be called by a coach because he would say, I got to be in the hospital with my guy, not coaching on the sideline. They probably thought that meant like stadium malfunction or some type of weather thing or for whatever reason, the final day of the final weekend of the season, a game has to be postponed because of something crazy that happens you know, in or around the stadium. And now we don't have time to make this thing up. You're just going to have to go forward with your winning percentage speaking for you. And to me, that's what they should have done. Now, I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I don't think anybody should be. Mm -hmm. This was not going to work out where everyone was happy, and it was going to be unfair. Mm -hmm. And to that, I would say that I'm going to sound like an old man or like someone's dad or whatever, and this is probably not great radio. Life's not fair. Yeah, nothing's fair. That kind of stuff does happen occasionally in life. So whether it's the thing they came up with or the thing that I think they should have done, which is just already on the books— Someone was going to get screwed, and I'm sorry about it. Someone almost died, and they survived, and, and that's the most important thing, and you got a deal. And I would tell the Ravens if, they're re- if they beat the Bengals and they're really upset that Cincinnati, by way of win percentage, still has the ability to host at home, even though they may not be the de facto division champions after being swept or whatever, sorry about your luck, Baltimore. I just think you had to go forward with what was already there. You you had a plan, so to speak, in place, and then they went away from it to try to appeal to more people, which is maybe admirable. But I, I guess my point is it should have been this simple. Do we have anything written in our manual as to what we should do right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, we do? Go with that. Let's just do that. All the teams are handed that before the season starts. Yeah. Everyone understands that this is the fallback plan. Let's use the fallback plan. And instead they said, is there a better way to do it than the fallback plan that every team has had since the beginning of the year and, and knows like the back of their hand? What if we what if we tried it a different way? What if we involved the coin toss like it's Friday Night Lights? <laughs> Just use the winning percentages. That would have been my solution. Yeah, I, I I understand that, and I don't I don't hate that line of thinking either. To be honest with you, I mean to me this is one of those we're trying to acknowledge this isn't your normal run of the mill disaster if there is such a thing. Yeah, th- this isn't. 
because I mean Buffalo already had to play a game in Detroit because it snowed really really bad. It's not that this is like so special that everybody's trying to be sensitive to that, which I I understand. I think the rules were probably written more for it. I don't know that they did any specific thing in mind, but like a COVID outbreak situation right. or a no one can fly for whatever reason. No planes are going in the air for the next week in this country, and like mm-hmm. you can't get to the game. Like some kind of. I hate to say it, but like a natural disaster. Right, or, that's what it is. You know, something like that. So that's why that's on the books. And, and they are pivoting and going in a different direction. Is this too tough, guy, though, to say it this way? Because, you know, I hate the, if you don't want him to celebrate, don't let him score, people. Like, that's just a tough guy act. Sure. You had 16 games, man. You know, you, up until a year ago, or a couple of years ago, it's all you ever had. Like, you had 16 games. You've had five months or whatever it's been now of football, September, October, November, December, yeah, four-plus months, to, to have the highest winning percentage. And if you're 13-3 and three and the other team is is 12-3 and three or 14-3, and three, sorry about your luck. So um, I'm going to do a thing that's probably not that bright. I'm going to argue against myself here for a second. If I'm part of the league or if I'm the Bengals or if I'm somebody else, I'll go, I'm not doing anything for the Ravens. Not because we're division rivals. I'm doing a tough guy thing. We've been over backwards to accommodate that them within the last couple of years, and they were terrible with COVID protocols. We played Wednesday games. Pittsburgh had to play like a back-to-back, basically, right. because of them. We've been over. We did everything we possibly could to accommodate them. We moved games from two on, on Wednesdays and Tuesdays and Fridays. and We did everything, everything. You know, we, we tried to play a game in space for them. The, the, sorry, to your point, you had 16 games. Like, stop losing, you know, 10-point uh, uh, lead to the first half of the season a bunch of times over. I'm sorry if you end up, you know, a game shy winning percentage-wise. And again, I'm arguing against myself. But that would be a point that I would bring up. Be like, dude, we've been over backwards for them. Enough of them, the other people are getting screwed here. I mean, I think Buffalo got screwed more than maybe anybody else in all this. And they're the ones I feel for. They, they now can't finish with the number one overall record. They can't get a buy anymore. Unless I'm reading it wrong. Well, I guess if, if Kansas City loses, they could. Yes, yeah. they could get a buy. They can't host the AFC Championship game, essentially. Yeah. If they play Kansas City. Now, it is possible with some upsets along the way that this could work out and none of this will have really mattered that right. much. Yeah. Like if Kansas but, City plays the Chargers, then that's that. But we're talking about the three best teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. One, probably two of them, are going to be left standing, very likely. But I do want to see what people think about this on the phones. Uh, We got a a massive show today, including coming up at 245. We're going to rank the best games of the weekend. A lot of playoff implications on this football Friday. We're looking ahead to Sunday and a great slate in the NFL to end the season. We got Danny Cannell at 3 o'clock in about 40 minutes on the national championship game coming up on Monday night as well. We're going to predict Sam Howell's stat line today in the 4 o'clock hour. It's going to be fun. But next, did the NFL handle... This post-Hamlin recovery situation with what to do with records and teams not playing the same number of games correctly. Do you think they did the right thing? Should they have just stuck with what was already on the books? Or is this more fair to more organizations? 800-636-1067 is the number. That's 800-636-1067. You can tweet us at Grant H. Paulson, at Funny Danny. On our ninth anniversary as a show together, we're not the junkies, but we're... We're hanging around. We're catch. We're gonna catch them somehow. I don't. I don't think that's how they that works. keep getting more years. Yeah. It's harder to catch them because they got get to add. Mm. 
what's the nine-year anniversary gift? Were you supposed to give me leather or something like that? Totally. Is that what it was? That's on me. I I'm, didn't get you enough leather. I'm going to look that up. Maybe it's paper. <laughs> G&D on the fan. With Danny, I'm Grant. This is The Fan. Thanks much for making this show part of your day. We're taking you up to 645 in Caps pregame. They're back home, and they are on the ice tonight against the Nashville Preds. They're looking for two wins and two nights, four points in about uh, 27 hours or so. Sure would be nice to see them get another win. They have closed the gap at the top of the division, man. They're roaring. It's amazing. That run they've been on. And I didn't see it coming. I'm My hand is up. I thought, you know, hey, as they get reinforcements, it's just about treading water and staying around so they can make a run. They made the run. <laughs> They're like mid-run right now, and it's a blast. Yeah, if you look at their division standings where they had fallen toward the bottom, they're now a win away from being in second place, four points back of Carolina. It's amazing. They can get a win tonight. So Nick Dowd will join us. We'll ask him about this renaissance and, of course, about the birth of his baby girl. Uh, he missed yesterday's game, just got back from the hospital, and he's supposed to play tonight. So We'll ask him about that as well. He's joining us at 610. But right now, hit the music, Darius. Let's fire up some football tunes. It is time. To go around the, uh, 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 get you set for week 18 in the NFL. Let's go from five to one with your best games of the weekend. I'll go number five, Giants-Eagles, because Philly is still trying to clinch the NFC East. And that means, technically, still trying to clinch the number one seed in the NFC as well. Jalen Hurts' availability has been up in the air early this week. Looks like he'll give it a go. They need him probably to play. If not, you could still see some Gardner Minshew at some point during this game. The Giants have almost nothing to play for. They might rather lose, stay where they're at, and hope to play the Vikings in the first round. 13-3, and Philadelphia looking for the one seed. Their star D tackle is Fletcher Cox. You know, I don't know. I, I don't try and worry about expectations ahead of the time. You take one game at a time. Obviously, we knew if we won last game, it would be clinched. Uh, that didn't happen. Didn't play good enough. So we don't deserve to have it clinched. And um, you know, I think that it's a good opportunity to go out there, especially speaking for myself, to correct mistakes, um, get more dialed in, because right now we aren't good enough um, offensively, at least speaking for our And you know, we got to get things corrected and, and play better football. So... It's an opportunity for us to go do that. That's Jason Kelsey, not Fletcher Cox. The Eagles, with Gardner Minshew at the controls, lost to the Cowboys 40-34 to and the Saints 20-10 to the last two weeks. Minnesota to Chicago. I know on the surface Chicago stinks, and why does anyone care about this? I am morbidly fascinated with the Minnesota Vikings. I can't get enough Vikings content. It's not a Cousins thing. This is a 12-4 and team. That's got a negative point differential. I'm obsessed with it. This statistical anomaly makes no sense to anybody. I don't know what they are. I don't know who they're going to be. I don't know if they could somehow rally and figure it out and win a couple close games, go to the NFC title game, or if they could get blown out in round one by the wildcard team, presumably the Giants. I have no idea what to expect. I also love Justin Jefferson. I want to see that guy break the record. I think he's almost 200 yards shy uh, after a one-catch-for-15-yard game in my fantasy championship game, which I, of course, lost. Thanks again for that. But 
That game is fascinating to me. The Vikings are favored by seven and a half, eight points. Depends on your book. But I am obsessed with it. Here's Kevin O'Connell on the challenge they face. Um, we've got to go back to work uh, this week, regardless of the circumstances of this week, the game, playing time, all those things. We just need to continue uh, to approach the weeks, uh, you know, with the utmost urgency on our preparation, um, understanding we're preparing for a tough opponent this week on the road, another NFC North uh, challenge. But ultimately, um, you know, the big picture of our season and where we're at as a football team, we've responded to adversity throughout the year um, off of, you know, not our best performances and followed those up sometimes on short weeks. So, What's interesting about the Vikings is that there's not a lot on the line necessarily in that game and that Minnesota's going to make the playoffs, the Bears aren't. They could still leapfrog San Francisco again to get back into the two seed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to, though. I mean, if you, if you are the two seed, you're going to be playing the seven seed, which is either going to be Green Bay, Detroit, or Seattle. If it's Green Bay, you're playing Aaron Rodgers and a Packers team that's won at that point five in a row. Uh-huh. I would rather be the three seed, stay exactly where they are, and get to play the Giants, who are a six seed. Uh, But, you know, there's obviously the possibility then that you have to go on the road to San Francisco if you win in week two rather than having them come to you. So you're probably damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're Minnesota. I just think they need to play well. You know what I mean? I think that's more important for them. If they would have beat the Packers this past week, which they got destroyed, they would have a chance at the one seed. I know. The, The problem for them now is Eagles lose... Niners lose, Vikings win. You're still tied with Philly. You're the two seed, but they have the tiebreaker because they beat you. Uh, Let's give you another game that's important this weekend. How about over in the AFC, the Jets and the Dolphins? This might be as big a game as there is on Sunday. The Jets, as of right now, are the 10 seed in the AFC. The Dolphins are the 8 seed. Both are just a hair behind the New England Patriots. In fact, the Dolphins tied with New England, but don't have the tiebreaker. And the Jets are one game back from both teams, trying to keep their hopes alive. Miami, with a win and a Patriots loss to the Buffalo Bills, would make the playoffs. Mm. I think a lot of people have left the Dolphins for dead. Here's the big problem in this game for the Dolphins. They are going to start Skylar Thompson. Do you know Skylar Thompson? I remember he played last year, and I literally went, who is Skylar Thompson? I don't know who that is. So he played in the preseason a lot, and he's played a little bit this year. He is a 25-year-old from Kansas State. That's Skylar Thompson's resume that I'll give you. That's what I know about What Skylar else do you know about Skylar Thompson? That's going to do it for yeah, right now. That's the last uh, But for the Jets, Joe Flacco. Time. Flacco. They don't have Mike White, who again is hurt. They are not going to start Zach Wilson. They're starting Flacco. So it's Flacco versus Thompson with playoff implications. Can you believe that? Just like you drew it up, right? I mean, the team, depending on everything, it comes down to the wire. It's Skylar Thompson and Joe Flacco. I'm going to go Pats and Bills as my number four game. I think this is a game, obviously, it's got playoff implications. If New England somehow wins it, they're in. Buffalo, I don't mean to trivialize this, right? But the business of football is going to go on, and I can't wait to see how they respond. By the way, what's Orchard Park going to be like? Imagine. Can you imagine yeah. that that? collection of Bills fans that are so ravenous, jumping through tables, pouring mustard all over themselves, they're going to be on fire. I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. You'd imagine the place would be electric, but at the same time, you know, again, this is so trivial in comparison. How do these guys 
focus. How do these guys move on? How do these guys get ready to to go? You know, go about the business of football, which is unrelenting. It doesn't wait for anyone at any point in time. But you know, Patriots are, are seven point underdogs. They need to win to stay in, or or you know, hope that Miami loses in, in the game opposite them. But that Bills Pats game, I'm focused on Lions Packers. If Green Bay wins. They are in. If they lose, Detroit could get in with help. Now, here's the problem. This game is on Sunday Night Football, and there is a chance that the Lions are already eliminated by the time it kicks off, which would really diminish, I think, not only the overall significance, but it would also possibly hinder you know, the competitiveness, perhaps, if they are now no longer fighting for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So the other game that matters to this one is Seattle. Right now, people sleep. The Seahawks are actually the seventh seed in the NFC. Like, everyone's talking about Green Bay all week like it's a foregone conclusion. If the playoffs started tonight, the Seahawks, not the Packers, would be in. All they got to do is win, you would think, except that the Packers, by way of the quirky tiebreaker metrics, are actually going to leapfrog them even with a Seattle win, even though right now Green Bay is behind them. That's wild. Wacky, crazy, strength of schedule type stuff. So the Packers are the only of the three that are winning in. The Seahawks need to win, and they need Detroit to win. Detroit needs to win, and they need Seattle to lose. But that Packers game is going to potentially be a classic if the Seahawks lose, and then it's a win and in for both teams. And the Seahawks play earlier in the day. Dan Campbell cutting a wrestling promo, perhaps? It is an improved team from uh, who we played last time. We touched on that. Uh, Defense is getting takeaways. Uh, You know, Clark is a force in the middle. And uh, I think these two backers are really good players. I think Quay Walker's really come on, man. He's just improved all year long. Uh, we liked him coming out, you know, and he's he's really proven to be uh, everything we thought he'd be and then some. So uh, Alexander's tough on the edge. Douglas is a smart, crafty guy. Uh, offensively, they're running the ball much better. Uh- Titans, Jaguars, GP. I looked this up. Somebody has to win every division. You can't just declare a division a non-contender or a non-starter. Uh, the NFC East would have been that a couple of years ago when Washington won it. But someone has to win this bad boy. Tennessee, I thought, was doing the Tennessee Titans thing where they start out kind of iffy and then just sort of Derrick Henry their way to a winning record and win double-digit games again. It's not the case. I think they've lost six straight here as Jacksonville's kind of found their identity, caught fire a little bit. Jacksonville almost a touchdown favorite in this game at home against the Tennessee Titans, but the winner wins the AFC South. This is a Saturday night football game because we got the Saturday double dip tomorrow. 4.30 East, Chiefs at the Raiders, and then at 8.15 East, the Titans and the Jaguars. There are some other games with implications I mentioned Seattle hosting the Rams. Seattle trying to get to 9-8. and eight. That's at 425 while Washington is playing Dallas. San Francisco is nearly a 10-point favorite over Arizona. They're trying to get to 13-4, and four, the 49ers, trying to keep hold of the number two seed. But with a win and an Eagles loss, could be in position to grab the top spot in the NFC. It's going to be a great day of football. Uh, this isn't playoff relevant necessarily, but Mike Tomlin and the Steelers with a win. He keeps his streak alive. He's amazing. never been 500 or worse. Just amazing. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're playing the 7-9 and nine Browns at 1 o'clock on Sunday in Pittsburgh. I'm kind of pulling for the Steelers just so that Tomlin continues to be over 500 in every season. Like, he's a great coach. He just yes, he always is. seems to have them competitive, even though they seem to lack talent at key positions. And their offensive coordinator, I thought for years, 
has been bad. I think, mul- I think it's time to move on there. But, but I mean, multiple OCs. Yeah, that's true. And, and I blame that on Tomlin to some extent. Yeah, I mean, he fair. hires these guys. He allows them to hang around forever. But Mike Tomlin to me is the, if you want to do the CEO coach model, Mike Tomlin's the best version of that. Just an adult with leadership skills that forces accountability and keeps the ship, everybody pulling the rope in the same direction. That guy's awesome. We should have started with the Texans and the Colts. Jeff Saturday. That's our bad. We ran out of time. Led Indianapolis, hosting Houston. That might be the biggest game of the weekend at 1 o'clock in Indianapolis. Can you imagine having a ticket to that game? Yes. <laughs> I bet that's fun. It's like a prank. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I'm going to go. Like walking up to people on the street. Hey, I got $1 in this hand and a ticket to Colts Texans in this hand. Which one would you dollar, rather Dollar, please. Eh, let me see that dollar. Yeah, that'll that'll go into a vending machine. That's that's, that's a crisp enough one. Ryan, it's like that's like a Shia LaBeouf art installation going to that game. Ryan would be so psyched for Davis Mills <laughs> versus Sam Ellinger. That Are you kidding me? Has Ryan written all over it. I mean, I think he likes that Flacco quarterback matchup with Better. Skyler. I bet you he loves Skylar Thompson. We got to ask him later. All right, next on Grant and Danny, there's some tomfoolery afoot with this Sonny Jurgensen jersey retirement. So. Originally, Frank Herzog hadn't been invited and wasn't going to be here. Now, not only has he been invited, but he is going to be here. And he's going to be in the radio booth at some point, which is great to hear. I would just love to get one of these things right the first time. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about the sunny jersey retirement and whatever happened to the whiteout that this game was supposed to be. I haven't heard a word about that lately. Grant and Danny on the fan. One of the greatest Redskins in organizational history will have his jersey retired, and he'll be honored at FedEx Field this weekend. Sonny Jurgensen getting some love from the organization. Welcome back, Grant and Danny on the fan. Uh, Our buddy Kevin Sheehan tweeting this morning that Frank Herzog didn't get invited to the ceremony. You can't say Sonny's name and not think of Frank Herzog. I got a tweet from someone today, and you can always hit me up and Interact at Grant H. Paulson. I had said, as someone, and this is personal to me, I'll just admit that I have a bias here. I was mentored by Frank Herzog. means a lot to my career. I was personally offended on his behalf, (laughs) and I think that that is an outrage that he wouldn't have been contacted and heavily involved in this process and in this celebration. He should be emceeing it. He should be all over the place uh, on Sunday at FedEx Field, involved in everything. But I I had tweeted something along the lines of that honoring Sonny and not having Herzog invited or around isn't that different than honoring Jordan and not inviting Pippen to the ceremony. Like, those two guys are just synonymous with one another. And, of course, I get a listener or or a person who said, um, well, Frank didn't play. That's a bad comp. Thanks. Tell me you're not a fan of this organization <laughs> without actually saying it, sir. Yeah, like if, you, if you're honoring Eric Bickle, you don't invite Jason Bishop or something. Like, they're, they're, what? Word association. Yeah, come on. Sonny Jurgensen, Sam Huff, Frank Herzog, next. So it's, it's just crazy. But the good news is, even though it seems like maybe they reached out to Frank Herzog after this morning, that Frank will be at the game, that he will actually be part in some of their broadcast that they're doing and that he is going to take part in the ceremony itself. So a circuitous route as always, like lasting's millage trying to track a fly ball Mm. in left field, but he's going to make the catch on the warning track. Herzog will be there. Yeah. I just, I just, listen, 
Who, if there is a new owner, we're going to talk about that. If if billionaire Billy comes in and you know takes over and says, "What's my first order of business?" I'm dead serious about this. Call Rick Snyder. Whatever, I'll, I'll help you with his number. Get Rick Snyder over in that building. And anytime you do anything, you call Rick up. Rick, who do we need? Uh, you know, get uh, get Frank. You know, obey. Boom, and pay him a consulting fee. He's a, like, what do you? How could we not just do this? Just do it right the first time. Don't do the crest thing. Don't do the mess up on the ninety greatest. Don't do the the the, the Sean Taylor family porta potty pictures. Just do it right the first time. I have talked to Jason Wright many, many, many times since he came on as the team president, and in the most serious conversations we've had, whenever the opportunity came up, what I have always said, and if he was sitting next to me, I hope he would admit this: is I have said they have to do a better job. And they have to bring someone or people in that know this team's history. That is where many of their missteps have been. And they have known that. But this goes back to when they screwed up the Sean Taylor thing a year ago. Uh And it's still happening just about every time they do any kind of event. And so I guess I'm just kind of giving up hope that they're going to do that. Because here's what happened. And it is hard to completely blame them for this. They basically cleaned house from the previous regime in an operation where there was a lot of problems oh, yeah. at that building. And, and and by the way, some of them we know about by way of congressional investigations you know, are borderline illegal and other things, right, allegedly. But I'm just talking about it was a toxic, bad place. And so they kicked as many people out as they could, and they started over. And what happened is that they were so desperate, I think, to just hire smart people from other fields, that there aren't that many people there who know who Trump candidate is. You know, there aren't that many people there who can tell you what Larry Centers meant. You pass out a quiz to the employees over there, and I'm not saying everyone needs to know that LeVar picked off a pass against the Panthers for a pick six to save the season in 2001 and lead to the five-game winning streak. But there is a lack of institutional knowledge. And this has been part of my gripe and and will continue to be a gripe that I have had with the name change. As much as I like Jason Wright as a human being and Ron Rivera as a human being, they are hired guns that will be here and be elsewhere at bigger and better things after they leave this reverse car And we'll still be here. I'm still here. Yep. And now I have the name you chose for me. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't want that name you chose for me. I need people who are going to be here forever choosing this name. And that was really a problem that I had. But it all comes back to the same conversation every time we do anything like this, right? Exactly. It, but at least he's going to be there. Hopefully I get to bump into Frank and chat with him. I'm going to hit him up and, and try to go give him a hug. But Frank Herzog, man, going to be at FedEx Field. Sonny getting honored. It's a good thing that Sonny's getting honored. It is a very good thing. Danny Cannell is going to stop by next. We'll preview the national championship game on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles. And Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone. Whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> 9 over 8. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.